Zero Hours is brought to you by Outliers, stories from the edge of history, created by Historic Royal Palaces and Rusty Quill. An audio fiction anthology series, Outliers explores how the big moments of history filter down and are shaped by the anonymous people in the shadows and tells new stories from their perspective. Their second season begins November 5th, with 13 award-winning writers bringing you new stories spanning from the medieval era through the Victorians. Tune in to hear the tale of the noblewoman who turned to witchcraft in an attempt to get the one thing in life she could never have, and of the spy who held the very course of British history in their hands. Make sure you are ready for those stories and more by catching up on the first season, available now. Listen to Outliers, stories from the edge of history on Apple Podcasts and other podcasting platforms, or by going to rustyquill.com outliers. This episode contains mentions of body horror and human experimentation. Listener discretion is advised. Long Story Short Productions presents Zero Hours Today, Mike Schubert and Zach Valenti in The Sky is Falling by Zach Valenti and Gabriel Urbina You're going to save the world, you know. You are going to save the world, whether you want to or not. What the? Hey, excuse me. Ex excuse me. The Citadel rises, Dr. Abaddon. Yeah, yeah, whatever. Who are you and what are you doing in my lab? How did you even get in here? Ah, yes. Apologies for intruding on your space, Doctor. No offense meant. I just wanted a chance to admire the work you're doing here. Oh, oh, the work I'm doing? You mean here in my lab? In this highly restricted research facility? Do, do you even have any idea how many laws you're breaking by being here? I'd say... Seventeen? What? Unauthorized presence in a black diamond clearance site in the Andorus Parish? I'm pretty sure it's seventeen. Uh, which would add up to about 14,000 credits in fines, three public whippings, five or so imprisonments, two of which would be in solitary, three death sentences, one by a burial at Sky, and one excommunication, yes? Unless I'm forgetting to carry a whipping somewhere? No, I'm fairly certain that's right. 
17 loss. Okay, I'm... I'm gonna call security now. I, I don't think you... I don't know who you are or what you think you're doing, but... Here. What's that? Identship. It should clarify matters. Somewhat. Okay... I'm... I'm so sorry, sir. My... my full apologies. If I had known you were an agent of the hegemony, I would have... Think nothing of it, Doctor. I must admit, I kinda wanted to see how you'd react. Yes, sir. Sorry, sir. You don't have to be sorry, Dr. Abaddon. And you don't have to be scared either. I promise. Oh, okay, S sir. How should I address you? The file doesn't... Ah, see, that's... that's a big old can of worms. Sir? See, when you become an exarch, you give up your name and any titles you may have and any membership and organizations that blah, 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 blah. And don't get me wrong, I get it. It's part of the whole living in service to your sacred government thing. You gotta have decorum or whatever. But then this happens. In the course of my work, I meet perfectly nice people that want to know what they should call me. What am I supposed to say? Call me High Exarch of the Holy Hegemony. No, see, that sucks. So what do you do? I... don't... know? Yeah, no, it's tough. Oh, I guess we could just pick a name. Like, not my real name, because I don't have that anymore, but you know, a name. We could just say that my name is... Felix. You wanna call me Felix? I can call you Lucius if doctor seems like a lot right now. Um, well, uh... Hmm. You kind of just want to call me sir, don't you? If that's all right, sir. Yeah, yeah, it's fine. And, and I do mean that, doctor. It's fine. Relax. You, you look like you're afraid I'm about to hit you with 10,000 volts. Um, oh, uh, sorry, sir. It's just that... You've never met an exarch before, have you? No, sir, I haven't had the... the honor. <laughs> oh, the honor! Wow. Well, I don't know about all that, but it's a real pleasure to meet you, Doctor. I like you. And look, just because I like you, I'm gonna let you in on a little secret, alright? I'm kind of a nerd. Okay? Look, I know how it goes. Just because you're the faceless enforcers of the will of the Citadel, people assume that when we show up, it's bad news. No, 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 no. Let's just shake that off right here. I'm not a bad guy. I'm here to help. We're going to be friends, okay? Okay. <sighs> you still seem tense. Tell you what, why don't we just start over? We can pretend the past couple of minutes never happened. That... Oh, that would be very kind of you, sir. Think nothing of it. <clears throat> the Citadel rises, Dr. Abaddon. The Citadel rises, sir. And of course, a very happy new year to you. And to you, sir. May 2217 bring you peace, prosperity, and enlightenment. And to you, sir. Would you mind awfully if I sat down? And to... Yes, of course, yes, please. Would you like to sit as well? 
Yes. Excellent. I must say, I'm surprised to see you in your lab, Doctor. New Year's is one of the holidays that are celebrated in all 12 parishes. I'd have thought you'd be in one of the viewing galleries down in Symia or Thaden. Uh, yeah, no, not me. It's really not, uh, not my thing. What's not your thing? Oh, uh, you know, looking down, I don't need to see it. The ice, the storm, it, it's there. I don't need to see it. Woof. <laughs> Yikes. See, we're gonna get along like a house on fire. I can tell. But I probably should, you know, clarify some things. Sir? See, the New Year's festivities are kinda mandatory for the general population, aren't they? And you just admitted that you don't attend them to one of the executors of that law. See the problem? Oh, well... Oh, it's fine. Relax. I'm just going to give you one of the boilerplate speeches, and we're going to move on and pretend it never happened. <clears throat> we live among the clouds by the grace of God, the holy citadel, and all twelve parishes that make up its structure, from lofty Petria to lowly Iscaria, are a sacrament from the Almighty. A new ark to keep the righteous secure and warm and shielded from the second flood. With me? Yes, sir. Very good. But even as we thank him for the protection this new heavenly ark provides, we must remember that the flood is also the work of God, and just as sacred. This ice age that has descended upon the world, this global blizzard that has roared for 42 years, we must not forget that it too has its place in the grand design. That is why once a year we descend from the warmth of the sun. The citadel descends to just 50,000 feet above the ground. Not enough for the engines to succumb to the cold, but low enough to see the snow, to remember what we are enduring, to honor it. Thank you, sir. I should know better. Well, here's a bit of good news, Doctor. You may not need to go anywhere this year. I think you might be able to make out some of the snow from your window here. Really? Where are you? Oh, yes, we absolutely can. Did you ever get to feel it, Doctor? Snow? No, sir. Hmm. Too young, I suppose? Have you ever been to the exterior? No, sir. I was born four years after the initial ascent. Hmm. Andorus? Tomasa, actually. Oh. Well, don't tell anyone I said this. I'm also from Tomasa. Back when I still, you know, had a past. Just a couple of kids knocking around Shadrach Lane. And here we are now, huh? Doctor, do you know why I'm here? I... I can guess, sir. Go on, then. I... I... Doctor, it is okay. I promise you, I don't bite. Unless that would help you relax. <laughs> uh, no. No, sir. I, I, don't, I don't think it would. Well, okay, then. I'll keep my muzzle on, and you keep trying to remember to breathe, okay? Now, come on, then. Really. Why do you think I'm here? Speak freely. I assume you're here about my research? I am. I'm told that you're working on some very exciting, very classified new projects. Well, as a matter of fact, I recently reached a breakthrough. In a manner of speaking. And? 
And I happen to know that an anonymous complaint about this project was filed um, directly to the hegemony. Splendid, Doctor. Keep taking those breaths in and out, in and out. Now, just out of morbid curiosity, did you file that complaint, Doctor? I don't think I should say, sir. Well, no, maybe not. Very prudent of you. Another thing I like. Let me ask you a different question then. Why would anyone need to file a complaint all the way to the hegemony for your activities? Records indicate that even though you work for the Endorse Research Department, you have absolute autonomy, a very rare privilege. You are free to direct your research however you see fit. Not bad for a kid from Tomasa. Not bad at all. Thank you, sir. But it's uh, complete autonomy except for two matters. Publication and termination. I see. And which one is it that you are looking for help in securing? Neither, sir. Doctor? <sighs> sir, I... I'm not sure if I should... Lord on high, Doctor, if you can't tell your troubles to a guy whose whole existence is matters temporal and spiritual, who can you talk to? Look, I'm just here because a complaint was filed, and so someone has to get the lay of the land. Another piece of boilerplate. But consider yourself off the record. Nothing you tell me will be used for legal or clerical action. Say what's on your mind, Lucius. Sir, about nine years ago, when I had just started working here at the labs in Andorus, there was an incident. One of the other doctors achieved something remarkable. He perfected a process by which a human body could be perfectly, faithfully replicated. One-to-one -one human cloning. Four years later, there was another incident. A different doctor completed another process, one by which memories could be artificially inserted into a living human mind. Both of those projects disappeared. Overnight. All information pertaining to them vanished, and their personnel were reassigned. By direct order from on high. From the hegemony itself. This is a very sensitive matter, Doctor. The hegemony rarely makes a point of involving itself into the work done by Andorus, but both of those technologies were deemed anathema. They were far too close to the kind of technologies that led to God bringing the second flood upon the world. And while one must never completely shun the wisdom that God sees fit to grant us, those technologies had to be carefully controlled and contained to be used only in the face of absolute catastrophe. And if anyone were found using that technology without the proper- The devices would be destroyed at once, and those responsible would be immediately excommunicated, then face burial by sky. Good. Sir, 
This project can't be merely terminated. If it was, it would be archived in the database here at Andorus. It, it could be referenced, resurrected by another team. You ask what I need from the hegemony? What I've created needs to go away. It needs to be made anathema. I see. Doctor, is that a kettle on the desk over there? Hmm? Oh. Uh, yes. It is. I know I'm not supposed to have any foodstuffs in the research area, but it's just that- Make us each a cup of tea, would you? Nothing in mine. Just black. Uh, sure. Good man. Thank you. And while you do that, let's start at the beginning. Tell me about your research. Oh, uh, right. Well, uh, where do I even begin? You're in the bioengineering wing, aren't you? Physiodynamics, that sort of thing? Uh, yes, more or less. I used to work under Dr. Sulla in nerve replacement. By some of the testimonials in your file, you were more or less single-handedly responsible for some of those breakthroughs. Regardless of whose name showed up as team leader. Oh, uh, I would never say that. Dr. Sulla's work was... No, of course you wouldn't. But regardless, after that project ended, you were assigned this lab to use at your discretion. Yes. And at a remarkably young age, too. Oh, uh, thank you. It's nothing compared to being Exarch, it just... Uh... Uh, uh, uh. It's not polite to ask an agent of the hegemony how old they are, Doctor. But back to your new, shiny, classified laboratory. What did you set out to achieve? I... Well, I... Oh, it feels so silly to say it now. Doctor, I know I'm in uniform right now, but I'm not here to judge you. Go on. I wanted to save the Citadel, sir. To save it? Yes, sir. Save it from what, exactly? From itself, sir. Energy. We don't have enough of it. Nobody likes to talk about it, but everybody knows it. Keeping a structure as big as the Citadel, all 12 parishes floating above the clouds, it, well, it requires an enormous amount of energy. Between what we can get from the solar panels, the stores we have left from the old world fuels, the last of the uranium reserves, it, well, the big energy clock up in Philia says we only have another 20 years, barely enough to get through the forecasted end of the ice, of the second flood. And there are rumors, sir. Rumors that... That... Rumors that that may be an optimistic projection. That we may have as little as ten years left with current stores. Probably not true, but... You know... But you had an idea. Um, yes, sir. I did. All those years working with Dr. Sulla, I was always fascinated by the possibilities of bioelectricity. Every body naturally exudes a certain amount of voltage every day, just in the course of its routine functioning. It's a matter of- Yep, 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 yep. I'm familiar with this particular scientific concept. Then what? Oh, yes, right. Well, I had a notion, sir. What would happen if we could lightly alter the biochemistry of human beings? just enough so that they would produce a higher level of voltage. 
enough that could be harnessed and power all the devices they need in their day-to-day -day life. Just imagine, everything from our computers to our transports, all powered by ourselves. And that way, all of the Citadel's power harnessers could be focused on keeping it afloat, which would extend its active lifespan by a factor of decades. It, it wouldn't even have to be an invasive procedure. Just a matter of chemically and hormonally stimulating the... Well, I don't need to bore you with the details. <clears throat> I spent almost two years in the theoretical work and on preliminary tests and... Well, it all seemed very promising. But... But... But there was a problem. Yes, sir. You had to test it. Yes, sir. And we don't exactly have animals anymore. No, sir. So, it would have to be a human test. Yes. I suppose that's them. In the tank. Yes, sir. Was it hard to procure a subject? It took time more than anything do you know who they are um no it's a policy at endorus we make it a point to not learn much about the subjects beyond the experimental essentials hence the frosted glass yes exactly the procedure was carried out by the automated instruments and they can monitor all the important vital signs within the tank if i had to speculate i'd Guess that they came from Judon, from one of Minister Velez's black cells. Not that you like to speculate, of course. No, sir. Of course not. So, what happened? Was the experiment a failure? Um, not exactly. My theory was the process did alter the subject's output of electrical energy considerably. But I... I vastly underestimated how much of an impact the process would have on the human physiology. I expected an output of around five gigajoules at most. And how much has this subject produced? 150. Since they underwent the procedure, this human body has produced 150 gigajoules? No. No? No. Since the procedure, they have produced 150 gigajoules per hour. But, but that amount of energy is... You could keep the Citadel aloft with as few as 50 subjects producing energy at that rate. I know, sir. I know. Well, Doctor, you set out to save the Citadel. It seems to me that you have succeeded beyond your wildest expectations. Again, my first suggestion for you would be to relax. <laughs> About that, sir. There's... there's more. Here, let me... These are the results of the subject's latest scan. See, here's the problem. It's the nervous system. It can't deal with that much electricity going out of the body. So it's constantly triggering. Every part of it is constantly triggering. 
What does that mean? Well, it's like... Here, give me your hand. You feel that, right? You're feeling your hand in a different way now that I'm touching it, yeah? You're so much more aware of it? Well, that's because the stimulus is causing the nerves in your hand to reflexively respond. But their body can't not feel every part of itself. Constantly. Every single inch of themselves. I see. But that's not even the worst part. Is that...? Their brain. Every single connection in the brain is firing simultaneously. Every part of their cranial architecture is at full blast every single moment. What does that mean? <laughs> it means... God, I'm not even sure. But... educated guess? <sighs> well... They're vividly remembering every moment of their life. Or at least every moment they have a memory of. Their sensory apparatus is going full tilt, so they're probably more aware of everything they're seeing, hearing, tasting, smelling, and feeling than you or I have ever been. There's a good chance that they're dreaming and awake simultaneously, and they're thinking a lot faster and a lot deeper than anyone has before. And their pain center. That's also firing off constantly at full volume. So while all of that is going on, they're also in unquantifiable amounts of agony. Are they still alive? It'd be comforting, wouldn't it? To just be able to think of them as gone? It could be argued that they no longer have a perspective that could be called human. But they are alive, sir. Alive and in tremendous pain. Can the process be reversed? No, sir. At least not with the means we currently have at our disposal. They don't seem to respond to sedatives or anesthetics, and they don't sleep. We can immobilize them and we can harness the electricity, but that is more or less it. Is there anything else? No, sir. Yes. Go on. I did something monstrous. Whatever my intentions were, the results are inhuman. Nobody should be forced to live like this, and nobody should have the power to make someone else live like it either. Could you not simply terminate the program? Euthanize the subject and destroy the data? That sort of thing would have led to an investigation and... Some data can always be recovered. And then it would be out of my hands. I don't need this to die, sir. I need it to vanish. I need it to be unthinkable for anyone to even go near this train of thought again. Is... Is that in your power to... Doctor... I am here today representing the hegemony. I speak with their voice. The jokes are mine, but... But it is within my power, yes. Then please, Exarch, please, you have to make this go away. Done. 
This project and all attendant data are anathema. Any further pursuit of it will be considered a capital and spiritual crime. <sighs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It's okay, Lucius. <sighs> it's all right. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You did the right thing. It's okay. You're good. Here, sit down. Thank you. God. The hegemony will take all of your equipment into custody. Given your feelings about the project, I can safely assume that there are no outside backups to this data anywhere, correct? No, no backups. It's just the files on the lab's computers. They aren't networked, correct? Just to each other. Nothing in classified projects is outside networked. Very good, very good. Well, in that case, I think that as soon as you give me your access code, we can see about getting you reassigned. Good, good. That's... 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 My... Access code? Yes. What access code? To your research data. Why... Why... What? Why would you need my access codes? We are taking your experimental data into our custody. Yes, to... To... To safeguard it, Doctor. What? What? Why would you need the access codes to my data? You're making it anathema. I told you. The hegemony rarely makes a point of involving itself into the work done by Endorus. Except for certain kinds of discoveries, ones that are too close to the kinds of technologies that led to God bringing the second flood upon the world. And, while those technologies have to be carefully controlled and contained, one must never completely shun the wisdom that God sees fit to grant us. Sir, you're... You're not thinking of trying to use this, right? Of course not. Under no circumstances. Except, of course, if we were in the face of catastrophe. Catastrophe? Absolute catastrophe, Doctor. And what exactly qualifies as absolute catastrophe? Do you know what June 25th is going to be, Doctor? June 20... what? That is going to be the start of the trial of Marcus Thorazin. Who is Marcus Thorazin? The engineer, Doctor. Engi... what engineer? The engineer whose lamentable negligence is going to result in the loss of the parish of Simea. What the hell are you talking about? Simea, one of the three bottom parishes of the Citadel. One of the most populous, too. And one of the poorest. Absolutely. I grew up in Tomasa, same as you, balanced on the knife's edge. We went up. I'm guessing a lot of people you used to know have ended up going down towards the bottom parishes. A lot of people I used to know certainly did. Simea's structural supports are due for reinforcement in April, but sometime in early March, they are going to be inspected by Marcus Arcturus Thorazin, civil engineer, and he is going to find that they are in excellent state and call off the repairs. This is going to be a mistake, if not an outright act of negligence and corruption, but the result is going to be the same. On May 27th, the supports are going to fail, which will cause Simea to become untethered, which will result in the loss of the district. 17,000 souls will fall to the second flood. The trial will be quick, 
and the punishment will be fairly brutal. But, but, but if you know that's going to happen, why wouldn't you stop it? God alone knows everything that's going to happen, Doctor. But it's worth considering, isn't it? What? What are you talking about? Here's something else that's worth considering. You've heard rumors that the energy clock in Philia is wrong. That we don't have 20 years. That we might have as few as 10. We hear all sorts of rumors at the hegemony. Some are considerably more pessimistic than your rumors. Five years, two years, eight months. And who's right? The clock in Philia, of course. Unless it isn't. Only God is always right. So you have to consider every part of it, don't you? What if we don't have as much time as we think? What if we can't afford the energy expenditure of all the people that currently live on the Citadel? What if one very corrupt, very short-sighted engineer's lapse in judgment caused the tragic loss of 18% of the Citadel's population in one fell swoop? You... You're... You're not saying that... That you're planning... The only thing I'm saying, Doctor, is that less than two minutes ago, you asked me, if I know that this terrible thing is happening, why don't I do something to stop it? That is why I need your access code. But... 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 Never fear, Dr. Abaddon. All of this is simply being done as a precaution. We simply have to consider every possibility. What if, what if, what if? God, who would, who would you use as subjects? Prisoners? More people from Judah? Don't worry about that, Doctor. Why not? Well, you hear interesting things about the black cells of Judah. Every now and then, there's a rumor that everyone that's imprisoned there is actually dead. It was too expensive to keep prisoners. You hear that everyone that goes into a black cell gets the same thing. A burial at sky. The only execution method that doesn't take any energy. Just gravity. You hear strange things about everything these days. I mean, there's even rumors that there's still life down below. Desperate pockets of civilization tunneling towards the planet's core for heat and protection from the second flood. God only knows what's true and what isn't. Then... Then... If the day ever comes when we have to consider the tragic aspects of your discoveries, Doctor. Don't worry. It won't be hard to find subjects. It will just take time. <laughs> you're, you're, you're pulling my leg, aren't you? This is a, a, a joke or a, a test, isn't it? Isn't it? You, you wouldn't really ever use any of these Anathema technologies, would you? No, 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 no. B of course you wouldn't. That, that would be, it'd be crazy. It'd just be completely crazy. You know, Doctor, I first became aware of your research seven months ago. Seven months? But we don't involve ourselves with the work done in Andorus, but we do keep an eye out 
And well, when your request for a subject came up, we had to make a decision. How much potential was there in your research? What was the life of another Citadel citizen worth? What are... What are you saying? Nothing, Doctor. Just that... I thought that I came up with a rather elegant compromise. What... What are you doing? Oh, just clarifying matters. Look at the tank, Doctor. Um. Doctor Abaddon, meet Lucius. The Citadel rises, Lucius. But, but, oh God, it's, it's me. The subject is, it's me. Well, the closest modern science can muster, an identical genetic duplicate, right down to the memories. How, how did you? Medical scan for your annual checkup, month after you put in your request. Honestly, we get so much data on our citizens, it'd be a sin not to put it to good use. But cloning is... It's an anathema technology. It's... It's a sin. It's... Only to be used when in the face of absolute catastrophe, Doctor. Only then. But you see, it's rather fitting, isn't it? All these things that you've made this subject feel oh so vividly, well, they're your memories, your senses. Your dreams, your agony. And now, your access code. Thank you, Doctor. You're welcome, sir. It's all right now, it's all right. How can you, how can you be so cold about it? Because I'm a very fallible man, Doctor but one that's willing to do what it takes to make sure we survive. Not me, not the hegemony. We, all of us. Those of us who aren't buried by the sky. Oh, there, there, doctor. It's okay. With any luck, we'll be able to come up with an alternative before we need to do anything drastic. There's still time. God knows the sky is falling, but it isn't falling that quickly. Zero Hours Episode 6, The Sky is Falling, was written by Zach Valenti and Gabrielle Urbina, from a story by Zach Valenti. It was directed by Sarah Shackett. It starred Mike Schubert as the Exarch and Zach Valenti as Dr. Lucius Abaddon. With original music by Alan Rohde and audio recording by Jared Paul. For information on the series and updates on additional stories, visit zerohourspodcast.com. <laughs>